eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This Memorial Day, we remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. In for pain and Pendergast, here's Brandon Scott and Adam Spillane on Sports Radio 610. It ends tonight. Finally ends tonight. And I'm actually grateful for this because when it seemed like when it seemed like the Miami Heat had a pretty good chance of sweeping the Boston Celtics or at the very least making light work of them, getting rid of them in short or uh, short order in the Eastern Conference Finals on their way to the finals. I was a little sad about it cuz Hey, man, I'll be honest. I like this time of year. I like NBA playoff basketball. I want to watch as much of it as I possibly can. And look, man, the Denver Nuggets made light work of the Los Angeles Lakers, and so they have a long time to rest. They swept those guys. So I I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want to have to go that long without basketball. So I at least appreciate the Boston Celtics for rallying and making it be the case that we'll find out who's the Eastern Conference representative in the NBA Finals tonight. I'm glad for that. We will find out one way or another. But yesterday, bring it back local, and for the Houston audience, yesterday was a special anniversary, really depending on how you look at it in Houston sports history. It is, on the one hand, when the Rockets blew a 3-2 series lead in the Western Conference Finals against the vaunted Golden State Warriors. And, you know, subsequently, the Warriors won another title, and the Rockets have not really been that good since. But the five-year anniversary of losing Game 7 of the 2018 Western Conference Finals therefore losing the right to go to the NBA Finals that year and face the Cavaliers, five-year anniversary was yesterday. A couple of days before that, let's say actually four days before that and two games before that set the stage for 
what ultimately was the Rockets' demise. And if you don't remember, it sound a little bit like this. Coming up on a minute remaining. Rockets by one. Shot clock to five. Paul guarded by Cook. Paul on the spin. Rebound, three. 50 seconds to go. Chris Paul is down. Chris Paul is hurt. He's not going to come out the game. He did not pass half court on that last play, knowing it was a desperation play. He is hurt. You're going to have to take Chris Paul off of the court. Well, they might have to drag him because you know he's not going to come off the court. But he is hurt right now, limping, walking gingerly and slowly to the sideline. Again, look at the play on the other half of the court. This is the most important play of the game because Golden State can take the lead with 40 seconds left. You know Chris Paul has to be agonizing in pain right now in order for him not to get back on defense. And it looks like it's the hamstring as well, the way he's holding it. Oh, man. And when there's no contact, as you know, Reg, sometimes those can be some of the scariest injuries for us players when you go up and you hurt yourself and it was no contact. No contact injury, hamstring injury, and as they say, Drake once said, nothing was the same for the Rockets. They go on to lose the next couple of games. And look, man, Adam, that's the last time that I really felt like the Rockets could win the championship. The The following year, and we talked about this early in the show, the following year, they were still serious. They were still a serious team. I even think a lot of people sleep on the Russell Westbrook year because it's Russell Westbrook and he's polarizing, because that trade was objectively objectively bad that the Rockets made, independent of Russell Westbrook's performance, the trade was objectively bad. Um, and then COVID happened, the pandemic happens, the bubble happens, and just a lot happened. The, the Clint Capella trade happened before, the, before COVID and before the pandemic, all of that. Like, a lot happened after that. I still, I still thought they were serious, but I didn't feel like they could win the championship and, and have this kind of conviction in me that the Rockets were a title contender. The last time was that moment. Well, somewhere around that moment between that injury and five years ago yesterday when they actually lost game seven. I thought 2019 they had a chance, especially once Kevin Durant got hurt during game five of that series with the Warriors, even after the Rockets lost that game, they yeah. were still coming home to play game six. No Kevin Durant. Yeah. And Kevin Durant probably wasn't going to play game seven either. So I thought they had a chance. Then they were playing. They were probably the hottest team in the league going into that postseason. And they got through Utah pretty quickly. They got yeah. through Utah in five games. Um, they won the first three games of that series. And they probably could have stolen at least one of those first two games in Golden State. Um, there was the first game where some of the officiating was a little iffy. And, uh, and James Harden had the thing with the eyes. They came back to tie the series and then they lost it. They lost the final two games, but I thought that team certainly had a chance. They would have beaten Portland uh, in the Western conference finals. Had they gotten there? I don't know if they had beaten Toronto, but that team was still very good. Yeah. And then obviously it's, it's been a pretty quick decline since, or it was a quick decline uh, going from, you know, losing in the second round, the Westbrook year, and then not even being anywhere close to being in the playoffs the three years since, um, but yeah, that, that's the best team. That 2018 team is the best team that they have had since Akeem Olajuwon retired. Yeah. And, and it's really not even close. I mean, um, that's the best hardened team 
uh, by far. That's the most games they've won in franchise 64 history. 64 65. They've won 65 games, yeah. most in franchise history by a lot, by a big margin. I mean, the, the 94 team won 58 games. So, I mean, that's that's a seven-win you know improvement right there. Uh, that was a really good team, a team that any other year probably wins a championship. I think that's probably why 2019 felt different because 2018 happened. You could maybe say it was a little jaded. Well, and and so, not to interrupt. No, you, no, no, no. Absolutely, go ahead. They they also screwed up the off season. Yeah, they let Trevor Reza go. They, they let so they start the next year 11 and 14, and now all of a sudden they're the four seed because of that bad start. And they they uh they they were the four seed. They get one more win. They're the two seed, and they avoid the Warriors until the conference finals. And because of how they handled the offseason where um, they did not bring back Ariza, who was kind of their defensive fulcrum, then what happens the next year? They are 11 and 14. The defense is an absolute travesty because they thought that they could replace Trevor Ariza with Carmelo Anthony and James Ennis. And that didn't work. Not at and all. so now you're you're climbing out from this deep hole. And it was amazing that they even got to the four seed. And much less, they were a shot away from being the two seed. But if they take that offseason a little bit more seriously, if they get off to a better start, they're the two seed. And that's I think that's why it was a little bit different back then. Yeah. That <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Even saying that, though, is hard to stomach the idea. Like, maybe it's because you were that close. You're a non-contact injury away from feeling like you actually make the finals. But it, it feels like you should do everything you can to keep that intact, to not just... Like, Trevor Ariza was an important piece of that team to just feel like, oh, we're just going to replace him with James Ennis and and Carmelo Anthony, who, you know, like, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony was one of my favorite players early in his career. But, like, they signed Carmelo Anthony, I felt like, four or five years too late. You know, like, hey, hey man, that ship has sailed. Like, the idea that they would sort of, renege on what got them so close to the finals and think that this sort of patchwork idea was going to, was going to be it. I guess I just couldn't believe in it. And, and, you know, even when Kevin Durant goes down in the, you know, the following year, the the year where it felt like they might've still had a chance. It felt like the year before was such a better chance for them. Now, Now, obviously Kevin Durant was not hurt, so they didn't have that going for him, but it felt like, what they had going for themselves was so much better from a roster construction, from a team chemistry standpoint, it, that really felt like their best chance. When you, when you compile the regular season wins and obviously getting that three, two lead, it just felt like the perfect storm. And to not, maybe, maybe to not be able to take advantage of that situation felt like, Hey, if, if not now, then perhaps never that's, that's sort of what the feeling was. It's like, hey, that was that was our shot. And certainly the way Chris Paul kind of declined from there before having the resurgence in Oklahoma City and then uh, and then in Phoenix, it felt like, okay, this this opportunity, this window was short to begin with or or small to begin with, 
and we just missed it. Yeah, and that, but that's the case, though, with most teams, is that the window is incredibly small, and you have to take advantage of that window when it's there. That's why, you know, this we've seen Boston kind of compete now for a while. Yeah. It could all be gone very quickly. Um, this Denver window, it could all be gone. All it takes is one injury or one free agent. You know, it, it, you know this stuff, it, it all happens so very fast. You know, the Clippers, I think everybody thought, hey, this 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 window would be open for a long time with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and that hasn't materialized. I think people thought with Phoenix, hey, the Suns window, wide open, going to be good for a long time, and that hasn't materialized. So you have to, whenever you have that one chance, you have to take advantage of it because you might not get another one unless you have an all-time great player, unless you have a LeBron James or you have a Stephen Curry, because otherwise it's not guaranteed that you're going to get multiple chances at it. We mentioned the error in not bringing back Trevor Ariza, or at the very least thinking that the replacement for Trevor Ariza, the adequate replacement for him, would be some combination of Carmelo Anthony and James Ennis. So that's one thing. Mark that off. Not great. Ideally, they bring back Trevor Ariza. Okay. What if, when it comes time to trade Chris Paul, to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Russell Westbrook because that partnership between Westbrook, I'm sorry, between Paul and James Harden had sort of deteriorated. I think this was this you, you correct me if I'm wrong on this. This was the postseason, or I should say the post-game press conference where Harden's like, I know what we need to do. And he doesn't tell anybody what we need to do. And then the next thing you know, what they needed to do was trade it. Uh, Chris Paul. Well, that, that's the right sequence, right? Yeah, it, that it, that was a weird day. Um, just to kind of take you behind the scenes of it. Yeah, because so they lose Game Six, and it was a surprise. They they were up at half. I think all these games kind of start with the Rockets being up at halftime and just not being able to hold on. <laughs> well, they were playing the Warriors, and they have a third quarter thing. But Harden and, and Paul got into it in the locker room after the game. And one of the things that I'll always remember from this is that Mike D'Antoni did his post game press conference, and normally. The coaches go, and then you'll get some players. Chris Paul was waiting at the door for Mike D'Antoni's press conference to end so he could do his, and then he just left. Like He did not stick around at all. He got out of that arena very quickly, and then that's when you started hearing all the stuff about Paul and Harden not liking each other and all this stuff about how they might there might be a trade, whatever. And then it happened at Summer League where they actually made – I was at Summer League when this happened where they made the trade. For Westbrook, and it just happened. Very, it happened. It did. It happened very quickly. Yeah. So because this this was after Oklahoma City had traded Paul George. This is after the Kawhi yeah. Leonard stuff, and it felt like Westbrook was going to get traded. But the team that he was going to get traded to was Miami. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's he winds up with the Rockets. Right. Right. And even I can remember the media day at that point because uh, I am around by this point. I remember the media day where you know James Harden is kind of gloating about that chance to go get Russ because you know Paul George is out now it looks like Oklahoma City is blowing everything up but my question to you is what if I don't know if what if or could have is the best way to preface the question but you'll see where I'm going with this what if or could have Tillman Pertita Rockets management when James Harden says or however it goes down hey we're let's trade Chris Paul what if or could they have just said no like yeah. that that to me is the is the ultimate hypothetical is like 
well, the ultimate hypothetical is what if Chris Paul's hamstring is still intact in 2018. But another one sort of underrated is, and, and that brings us to where we are today with the awful trade that brought Russell Westbrook here. And again, Russell Westbrook was good here. It was just the trade that brought him here that was no good. But what if they could just have the wherewithal to just say, you know what? We don't like Chris Paul's contract anymore for, for his age and health, but we ain't trading the contract and draft picks just to get rid of it, you know, or just to bring, just to make you happy. Like part of me wishes, and maybe this is some of the resentment for, for James Harden as well, for running over the organization or being able to have his way with the organization as often superstar players do, I should add. But it feels like, especially in retrospect, that they could have just been like, you know what? No, no, we, we went to the, Western Conference Finals, and we're a game away from the finals two seasons ago. And if it wasn't for the error of our own ways, we could have been closer or just as close this year. And we were competitive against the Warriors again, and we're you know a a a, a top a top four seed again. So we're gonna run this back and keep trying at it. We're gonna we're gonna try to improve the team by adding players, not taking them away. Well, the thing is, I think ownership was all for it. Oh, yeah. And, no, no they totally were. He's, that's the issue. He said it was the worst co- uh, yeah. contract in sports or something to that effect. So, I mean, obviously there was some pressure to get that contract off the books. They had somebody. This was the what they talked about with Westbrook. Is that, okay, we, we trade for Westbrook. Now, all of a sudden, our two best players are, yeah, they're in their 30s, but they're not in their mid-30s. And so it kind of felt like, okay, well, we just made our window. Oh, we opened the window a little bit wider. We gave ourselves a couple more years because – at the time, Harden, I think, was 30 and Westbrook was 31. You know, there was, you know, they were right at the doorstep of 30, not where Chris Paul is 34. And so it kind of felt like, okay, our window has now been open for a little bit longer. Unfortunately for them, it lasted a year and then they were both gone. What is the timeline? We got like a minute left. What's the timeline from here to there? We talk a lot about phase two of the rebuild. What is it? What does that exactly mean? What is the Rockets' timeline to relevancy? Are we just talking about like next year being be a bubble team and that and that is an accomplishment or or I say a bubble team, but I mean a play in team is what I'm trying to say. Like what what is the timeline that we're even talking about? It it depends on the players. If those guys develop, then they could be better. They it's kind of what we just talked about with the Texans. You know, the second year guys, if they're better, the Texans can go from three wins to nine wins maybe. If the guys that are on the roster improve and improve, you know, at a significant rate. Yeah, they could be really, and and those guys are talented too. So it's not like impossible, but it's going to be tough. And the other problem that you have is that all these teams in the West are really good. And I don't think aside from maybe one or two, none of these teams are getting worse. So not only are you having to win more games, you're having to climb above other teams that are already better than you. So now your back is really against the wall. 